Welcome to Sundays with Hosanna Fellowship, a ministry of Hosanna International Ministries, bringing you God's Word, His power, and His authority to our community and the world. It is our desire to empower you to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those around you. Let's listen in to today's message. Man, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the first chapter of Ephesians. And uh, we're going to be starting with the 18th verse of the first chapter, as we did the other day. Now, this book of Ephesians will teach us how to live, and will teach us how to die. You know, I've, I watch different things, and I watch the news, and I pay attention to the politics, and and just shake my head, and I think, do these people think that they're never going to die? You know, to live the way that the world lives is amazing, like we're never going to die. There's an old cliche that says, young people will die, but old people must die. Okay, so we're all there. And so one day, God's going to call us. And when he does, are we looking forward to that day? If you've died with Christ, then you're looking forward to that day and you will not dread that day that God calls you home. Amen. Now, in, in Ephesians, uh, it's an amazing thing about this, this church. It was one of the seven churches of Asia that is being, was written to in the book of Revelation. And this church right here, Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians. And it's such a wonderful letter, and it's so condensed that many men just have taken their whole life just to preach out of this book. You can't preach it out. And uh, I've, I've taught it one time when I taught it to our Tuesday night Bible study. It took me four years to get through six chapters. And right now I think it's taken me about two to get through it, okay? It's just, it's, it's an amazing book. And, and the messages that have come out of this book is amazing because it teaches us who we are in Christ and it teaches us who Christ is in us, Amen. And so <clears throat> Paul says something to, to the Ephesians, and here's what he says. He said, you're never going to understand the writing of this book unless you ask God to give you an enlightenment and a revelation. In verse 18, would you bring it up, Deb, in verse 18? Watch this. this and we're not going to stay on this one because we got it last week. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Next verse. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. It's an amazing, they're amazing scriptures right there. And he says, he said, he says this, he says, with out Holy Spirit revelation, you're going to have a hard time understanding this book. And so what everybody needs to pray for right now, and you can do it silently, is say, Lord, just give me revelation knowledge right now. Because I need to be enlightened on this word, and I need to know who I am in the Lord. He says that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And we're not going to stay on that very long because we're going to go over to 
verse 20. But before we go to verse 20, I'm going to finish up on 18 and 19. We do not understand that we are God's inheritance. Hey, did I give you Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9? Bring that up. Watch this. This is Old Testament. When the Most High gave the nation their inheritance, when he separated the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. Now watch this next verse. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. So we do not realize that we are God's inheritance. We, we know that God gives us an inheritance, and we like that. How many of you like inheritance? Now, now the way, our custom is people have to die before we get the inheritance. But that wasn't the custom in the day of the Hebrew. They, they got their inheritance when they hit the age of 30. They got the right to have that inheritance, okay? Uh, and so they got to enjoy that. But, but when we look at inheritance, we think that God bestows upon us. And he does. He bestows upon us. But we do not ever realize that we are his inheritance. We are his people. Peter says that we are a royal priesthood. We are God's people. We are a people that have uh, attained unto royalty. We was coming out of the office this morning and Esther 4.14, Mordecai says to Esther, he says, do you not understand that you have attained unto royalty for such a time as this? How many of you know that we have attained unto royalty in the Lord? And when we have attained unto royalty, then we need to live like we are the royalty of the Lord. Because he set us in this position so that we can win the loss to him and so that the church itself can mature. One of the problems that we have in churches today is that churches are not maturing in the spirit of the Lord and churches are not maturing in the spirit of the Lord because there's so many things that we don't preach anymore. We don't preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We don't preach about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't preach those things that's going to give us the power and the authority to go out and carry God's word. Now, the Bible says that we are not to take God's name in vain. And many of us think that's when we cuss and when we use profane language. But that's not what that means at all. It, what it means is that God gave to the Israelites the Ark of the Covenant. And the priests, they were, they were to carry the Ark of the Covenant. You couldn't touch that thing. I mean, if you touched that thing, you died. And so there was a certain way that that Ark had to be carried. And listen to what God says. He says, you shall not carry or you shall not take. That word take means carry. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And you know what that means? It means this. You can't live like the world and then act like your gods. You can't do that because that's worse than profane language. That means that we are taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. Listen, and why? Because we are the inheritance of the Lord. And the only kingdom that somebody's going to see is the kingdom of God that's in you. And when we go out to eat today, when we go anywhere that we're going to go today, we don't even have to say a whole lot if the kingdom of God is in us. It means that as soon as we walk into a place, the kingdom of God walks into that place 
because the kingdom of God is in us. And we are the inheritance of God. So if we are the inheritance of God, don't you think he's going to dress us up? Don't you think he's going to make us into the person that he wants us to be? Because we're his, his inheritance. Listen, we need to know something. And here's what every one of us need to know. We, are, we have a spiritual poverty that has just engulfed us in the last few years. Because no one's ever told us how to get out of this spiritual poverty. And because of this spiritual poverty comes sickness. Because of it becomes things that bind us. Because of those things, it teaches us. I mean, it doesn't teach us. And we walk away from the Lord. Some of us live in a spiritual poverty, but God doesn't want us to live in a spiritual poverty. And let me tell you something. If the gospel that I preach will not preach worldwide, then it's not the gospel. I'm tell you right now. And, and we, we have got to the place, and we're kind of getting away from that now, where we put all the emphasis that we know on silver and gold. Quit putting emphasis on silver and gold and start to put it on Jesus and find out what happens. Because I tell you something about you preach Jesus and him crucified, that will preach all around the world and it will save people. Put up verse 20 for me, please. Here we go. Verse 20. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. When Jesus, when Jesus ascended to the Father, the Father set him at his right hand. So we understand the great power that God has and put in Jesus. Do you understand that that power also was put in you and I? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, she doesn't have that, but it says, if the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, listen to what it said, it said, it will quicken or bring to life your mortal body. Now, you know, you, 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 you get to call how you want to die. Do you know that? Now, I'm not saying you're, you're going to get to call uh, your health. or I, Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying you get to call how you're going to die. You're going to get to call how you're going to go with the Lord. And you know what your call can be? You can leave here as a weak Christian, or you can leave here as a strong Christian in the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing who he is. You can, listen, you can talk about divine healing till the cows come home, but if you never participate in divine healing, it will not work for you. If it's going to work for you, you have to believe that God is the divine healer, that God is the divine who also saves men, and there's only one faith, and that faith not only saved you, but it healed you. That faith also baptized you with the Holy Spirit, because listen to what God does. God takes and he makes the man well-rounded. How many of you know that he makes us well-rounded? We need to be we are sons in the Holy Spirit, and that means mature son. God shows us his strength, and that's important. And I'm going to tell you why it's important that God shows us his strength. Because many Christians don't understand God's power. There are hundreds and thousands of people that's going to be in church this morning that will walk out of that church not knowing the power of God. You might walk out of this church not knowing the power of God today. But it exists and is real. And it does abide in each and every one of us. And all we have to do is just call on the name of Jesus. And when we call on the name of Jesus, listen, he don't wait. He's right there. You don't have to wait. You can call on him right now. You can call on him 
at any time. And listen to me, you don't have to have a pastor lay hands on you. You can lay hands on each other. You can lay hands on yourself. God, listen to me, God wants a resurrected life to be real in each one of us. He wants a resurrected life to be real in each one of us. And what is a resurrected life? That's when, when the dead is raised. I like this, you know, a person gets saved, and then all of a sudden they go off into sin, and they said, well, the old man rose up. No, he didn't, because if you got saved, the old man died. And the only one that can raise the dead is the Lord. And the Lord's not going to raise the old man. No, you have a conflict in your natures, and you're letting the nature take over you that's in conflict with the nature of God. Because when, when you got saved, God put a new nature down inside of you. Here, here's what, here's what uh, uh, Spurgeon said. Spurgeon said, if, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, he said, if the Father can raise Jesus from the dead, he said, he can certainly raise you from alcoholism. He said, he can certainly raise you from all the things that you're in. He said, if God raised Jesus, his son, from the dead, he said he can raise anything inside of you. And that is the truth. How many of you know there's a resurrection power that is deep down inside of us that will not only save us, but it will heal us. And there's times when I need healed. Is there times when your attitude is bad? I got a lot of chuckles there. Well, believe it or not, I never have a bad attitude. And you can go to hell for lying. But you know what? God will get you through that bad attitude. And Holy Spirit will come and he'll rescue you and he'll touch you by his mercy. Brad and I was talking yesterday about, about the prodigal son. And the best part about the prodigal son is this. And when he came to himself. Listen to me. You're not conscious all the time. Every now and then you're conscious. Did you ever, you ever just wake up one day and say, whoa, things are real? You just go through the mundane things of life, and you think you're conscious. You're not conscious. But then all of a sudden, God will talk to you. And that's when you become conscious in the Holy Spirit. And God will do that for you. Not because, listen, he's condemning you, but because he loves you. He loves me. And the Bible teaches us that God is rich in mercy. And how many times do I have to throw myself on the mercy of the court? Do you, you, do you know what old Haman's problem was? He threw himself on the mercy of the queen. He got hung for that. He should have threw himself on the mercy of the king. But you, you, listen to me. I am telling you, throw yourself on the mercy of the king. And when you throw your mercy, yourself on the mercy of the king, isn't it wonderful how he just receives us? Spurgeon said, this same power which raised Jesus will raise the drunkard, will raise the thief, will raise the Pharisee. You don't get that, do you? Listen to me. We know, we know that the drunkard, he's, he's a drunkard. He's taking in, he's taking in a drug that, that makes him feel good or makes him feel bad, whatever. He's a drunkard or a thief. He steals stuff. But how about this? It'll raise a Pharisee. The Pharisee is the man who is religious and has all his belief in his religion and not God. And old Spurgeon said that same power will raise that man too. How many of you know that we have killed people with religion? You know what religion is? Religion is when you're trying to work your way to God. You're never going to get that job done, by the way. No, grace is when God came down to you. 
when grace, grace is when God came down to me. The power that works in us is the mighty power or the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. Here in verse 20, it says that the power raised Jesus from the dead. And there, listen to me, I want you to get a hold of this if you can. There should never be a power shortage in the life of a believer. You should never have a power shortage. If you're having a power shortage today, get an electrician. Uh-huh. Well, the electrician's the Holy Spirit. And he has dunamis power to fix all your problems. He can fix all of my problems. I, I watched Doris stand up there and start to worship the Lord. That's pretty good. She got pain in her body. The enemy tried to kill her. And he, 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 I think she felt like her body had just flew apart and then, boom, came back together. And when she stood, she just stood to praise the Lord. Why? She went into the enemy's camp. What's she going to do? She's going to take back her health. How many of you have something you just have to go in there and take back? Listen to me. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that God placed in you when he gave you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you should never have a power shortage. I should never have a power shortage. I'm seated with him. I'm going to ask you if you will bring up Ephesians 2.6. Did I give that to you? Okay, watch this. Now, we know Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. This is you. This is me. If I'm born again and I'm saved. And raised us up with him. Now, remember, we are his inheritance. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in, in the heavenlies, in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Let's leave it up there and read it again. And raised us up with him. We're raised up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where we're at. And, and if I say to you, if, if I say to you, is there anything impossible for Jesus? You're going to say no. Well, then listen to me, people. There's nothing impossible for you. Because of that scripture right there. The, it says that I am seated, listen, I am seated at his right hand in heavenly places. That's an amazing thing in heavenly places. The mighty power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the, from the dead is above all demonic foes. It's, it's against every potential that the enemy can bring against us. This power is so powerful that the devil doesn't want this power to get out because if this power gets out, there will be a revival in the church like never before. And every time there was ever a spiritual awakening of any kind, it's when the Holy Spirit, the power of God, was unleashed and the power of God just went out through the community. And when that happened, men could not wait to get to church. Men fell out of their pews because they were, in, they were trembling because they knew they were sinners and they needed to be saved. And then God saved them, and not only did he save them, but he filled them up with, their, with his Holy Spirit, and they were mighty, mighty warriors for the Lord. And then when generations come, that falls away. Well, let's, let me tell you, I'm going to give you some good news. Everybody want some good news? We're coming back to this because we've already fallen away from it. The church has already fallen away that God not only can save, that he can heal, and he can fill with the Holy Spirit, and he can, he, he can loosen those who are bound. Do you understand this? That the church got so nominal that we stopped even preaching salvation. When it, when, when, when it, got, when it started to get nominal, then what we did, we stopped preaching 
about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in tongues because you know what? We, we come up with this lie, and I want you to hear me because it's a lie. And what we did, we come up with 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and the lie was that tongues will cease. How many of you know will is, is future tense? That knowledge will. Let me tell you something. When Jesus comes back, we're not going to need none of those things. But up until this time, they are very relevant today. So we wiped that out. We wiped the gifts out. And then we got to the place where we even wiped out salvation. And there are some preachers that used to preach the solid word, but now are preaching there's other ways to get to heaven. No, my friend, there's just one way. And that's still Jesus Christ. And that's not going to change. And even, even the Old Testament saints knew that the only way to get to heaven was through Jesus. So what, Jesus, what, what the Father did was put them in a holding tank called paradise until the one who died on the cross could come into the center part of the earth and bring them up out of captivity, bring them up out of paradise, and bring them into heaven. How many of you know that is what the church stands for today, and that's not going to change? Now, that power that God has put in us is greater than anything that the devil has. It's greater than anything that man has. It's called the power of God. We are seated with him at his right hand in heavenly places. The mighty power of God, the Holy Spirit, raised Jesus from the dead, and it is above all demonic forces. It's above every potential enemy that can come our way. This power is so powerful that the devil is doing everything in this short time that he has to stop men's ears up so that they can't hear. But it's not going to happen. There's a revival taking place. The Bible, did I give you verse 21? Give me verse 21. Let me, let me show you this power. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. In the one to come. I, I'm going to tell you something. If I live long enough, I'm going to die. Is that an oxymoron? If I live long enough, I'm going to die. And if I, if I live very much longer, I'm going to be really an old man like these two here. Okay. Oh, did I say that? I hope I'm in the health that they're in. Okay. They're, they're in a lot of health. But, but as, as we get older, we're going we're, we're to lay it down. And here's what I want. When, if, if I'm laying there and you know that I'm going to be passing away, I want you to slip by my bed if I'm in a bed, and I want you to tell me about Jesus. That's all I want to hear about. That's what I do with every, when people are passing away. That's what I do. I tell them about Jesus. That's all I want to talk to them about is about Jesus. And you know what? That bothers people. That I say, just leave the room because it's not bothering this person right here who's about to ready to meet the Lord. And me personally, I want somebody to say, hey, you know what? You're seated at the right hand of God. Now you're going to get to see all of it. I want somebody to encourage me on that day because you know what? The enemy's going to come in there and he's going to try to steal that blessing of dying. You didn't get that. He's going to try to steal that blessing of dying. Now the Lord give me that. That wasn't no man. That, the Lord said the devil wants to come in and he wants to steal the blessing of dying. How many of you know get to die in the Lord Jesus Christ is one of the most wonderful things that's ever going to take place in our life other than the rapture itself? And, and that's a wonderful thing because, listen, the, Lord, the, the Bible says that God has set us far above all rule, principalities, powers, might, dominions. We're set above those things. 
not only in this age, but also in the one to come. In this age right now, this day of today. But there's another age that's coming. And you know what that age is? Is when the church goes home to be with the Lord. In that day and age, it is going to have preeminence over all things. Over all the universe. Over all the new heaven and the new earth. Verse 22. Put it up, would you please? Watch this. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. And gave him as head over all things to the church. Give me the next verse, please. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. Hey, do you know what? He's the head and we're the body. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Because if it's under his feet, it's under our feet. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me tell you what's under his feet. Sickness is under his feet. Let me tell you what else is under his feet. Death is under his feet. Let me tell you what else is under his feet. Anything that try to bind, uh, tries to bind the church is under his feet. Let me tell you what he's going to do. He's going to make sure that his body is alive and well. Right? Don't you want your body alive and well? Listen, let me tell you something about your body. Your body can't do without your head. But your head can't do without your body. Now, I'm going to really take a step of faith when I say this one. If Christ is the head and we're the body, he can't do without us. How many of you got that? We can't do that. We can't do without him, but he can't do without us. Now, he can do without you if you don't want to walk with him. He, but he, when I say us, I'm talking about the authentic, true, born-again church of God. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there is an authentic church. I'm talking about there are true worshipers. I'm talking about a church that believes in the Lord and stands on his word. That's an authentic church. And I'm going to tell you something, people. That church is, is, is few in number. That church is few in number. And the Bible teaches us about the remnant of the church, and it teaches us about the remnant of, of Israel. And let me, what, listen what remnant is. It is small. But the Bible says we're far above all that. We're, we're above all of those things, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. I like that. And it says he put all things under his feet. It's under my feet. Everything is under my feet. Let me tell you what God's going to do and is doing. He's restoring relationships. He's restoring our relationship with him. <clears throat> Amen. He's restoring that. Man needs to be vertical. Man needs to be horizontal. I need to have a relation just this way with God, and I need to have a relation this way with you. Okay, that's what God. God has a vertical and a horizontal relationship. And, you know, some people just have a, have a vertical relationship and no horizontal. Let me tell you, you can't have a vertical without no horizontal. And some have a horizontal and no vertical. You can't do that. If, you're, if you are into Christ Jesus, you have one this way and you have one this way. Because listen what God does. God puts in the heart of every born-again Christian the desire to preach the gospel. The desire to go out and win people to the Lord. My, my aim in my life, especially in this, this part of my life, this last chapter of my life, my aim is that any time I go somewhere, there's got to be ministry involved. And I do not believe anything is by coincidence. I think that God brings all things together for, in my life anyway, I believe that. And I believe that there's ministry in everything that I do. I believe that there's healing in everything that we do. I believe that there's deliverance in everything that we do. Listen, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. He put all things under his feet, uh, so it's under your feet, which is with, we are his body, and he is the fullness of all that is in all. Now, I'm, I'm going to go through this, and I want you to see this, okay? 
in chapter 2. Did I give you chapter 2 and verse 1? Okay, I, wa I want you to watch this. I like this. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Hey, we got to chapter 2. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Bring up number two. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Give me the next one. Among them too, among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. I like this. He made me alive. I'm alive. Man, listen to me. I'm, I'm alive. I'm not telling you that we're not going through some things. Uh, Brian Zahn preached a message some years ago. It was a great message. And the message that he preached was, you're either going into tribulation or you're in tribulation or you're coming out. But if, if, if the devil's leaving you alone, you might have problems spiritually. And if you're going through much difficulty... You can say amen, because I'm telling right now, if the devil's not leaving you alone, there's good reason for that, okay? Because let me tell you something, the kingdom of God is coming against the, the, the rebellion of the devil. Now, I heard the other day, it says there's a conflict between darkness and light. There's no conflict between darkness and light. Darkness has, cannot even understand or comprehend, the Bible says, what light is. And so what light does, light just shines. Light just shines. Praise God. If we turn out the lights in here, I can still preach. You're not going to like it near as well, okay? But the light, the light needs to come into our life. Can you say amen to that? So when the light comes into our life, what happens to us? Then we become the beacon of the world. Let me, let me go through this just for a minute. It says that he made me alive. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And he made me alive. In the last chapter, in chapter 1, we look, and it ends with the resurrection of Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. And then this chapter 2 teaches us now who we are and where we are in the kingdom. Listen, if you get a hold of this, then there's, you're going to say, you know what, there's nothing impossible with God. The last chapter says, and Paul ends with the resurrection of Jesus, but this chapter starts with us and we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but he redeemed us and he made us alive. And listen to me, the, a dead man has no, no uh, uh, life whatsoever. I'm going to speak this about a dead man. Watch this. I like this. A dead man is blind. A dead man is a slave to sin. A dead man is lost. And a dead man lives in darkness. You know why? Because if he's dead, he can't receive light. You bring a dead man in here with this light, and he can't see this light. He's dead. And he's a slave to whatever has a hold of him. Unredeemed man is exactly like a dead man. And every man, every woman, every boy, every girl needs to be regenerated, and the old man die. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, or a new creature, the old things have passed away, or they have died, 
and behold, all things become new or become brand new. How many of you know the old man is dead? When you give your life to him, he died. Okay? He is not coming back to life. He can't come back to life because God's not going to give him life. So if you think the old man's giving you a problem, he's not giving you a problem. When you got saved, you got a nature that, that is still part of who you are. And that nature is called flesh. And that nature goes against everything of God. How many of you know your flesh hates the Lord? No, it don't. Yes, it does, don't you? Isn't it amazing? A little baby's born. They're sinners. They're evil sinners. Come on, Dennis. Don't look so... And now Dennis is looking at me like, where are we going? Listen to me. When, when they want something, what do they do? They cry. And if they don't get it, what do they do? They get mad. And they start to scream. If they could talk, they'd cuss you out. And they didn't learn that. They come right out of the womb with that. If you have more than two children, I'm telling you right now, you've got one that come out good and the other didn't come out so good. My son, he probably listened to this. I'm in trouble, Larry, but I'm telling you. He said, how come you whip me more, Dad, and you do Kim? I said, because you're mean. I told him, I said, you're mean, okay? Listen to me. How come you got two kids? And they have different temperaments. And they come out of the womb. How come that is? Because we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Now that little three-year-old, I told you this last week, that little three-year-old, he wants a candy bar when you go to the store. And he just starts whining and crying. And guess what? You'll give him the candy bar. Because you don't want to hear him cry. And guess what that does? He just gets worse than when he wants the new car after he gets older. You don't want to deal with that one either. But what happened to good old correction? What good happened to chastening a person? Because the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. That means it takes to the woodshed. And why? Because that forms who we are. The Lord loves us. I think I better get back to my notes because I done forgot where I'm at. Okay. Oh, yeah, I got it. Unredeemed man. He's blind. He's a slave to sin. He's lost in darkness. It's an interesting thing. He trespasses. He's rebellious. And why? Because he has the sins of Adam. He has the sins of Adam. So when, when you get saved and you get born again and you truly get saved, then you, then you, you, you might start doing some things. You say, well, the old man... Has cropped. No, he hasn't. You got a nature that's fighting a new nature. And the new nature that you have is the nature of Jesus. And when that new nature takes over, anything opposite of that nature is going to bring conflict. How many of you know that? You can be born again and have conflict inside. You can be born again and have conflict inside. And you might think it's that old man. It's not the old man. He died. If you're saved and you're born again, he died. Now, I'm a little bit different than most Pentecostals. I believe salvation is salvation. I believe that once God got a hold of us and we're truly saved, man, I believe that there's something to that. Do I believe that we steer away from the Lord? Yes, I do believe that. But I believe by the mercy of God 
that we can come back to him because the Bible tells us we can because David said God is rich in mercy and his mercy what? Endureth forever. That's what he says. So we have that new nature and there's a conflict that goes on. And he says this, he said, in which you formerly walked. After redemption, you are to walk in Christ. There's uh, 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 that the uh, uh, one of the charters there that says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How many of you hear that? Well, let me tell you something. The, the, the spirit of God will lead you, but you have to make a conscious, cognitive decision to walk in the spirit. Sorry. I know that you think that the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into everything. And so if you say he's going to lead me into everything, then you're going to blame it on him when you do something wrong. But understand something. Walk in the Spirit. Yeah, that takes a decision on your part and my part to walk in the decision. And it says this. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When I start fulfilling the lust of the flesh, that's because I have made a decision not to walk in the Spirit. It is an amen. Does God still care? Absolutely God still cares. Does God want to, want to bring me back? Absolutely. And what does it say about the prodigal son? What do we say? When he came to himself. Some of you are coming to yourself right now. Remember when we said you can't live that way? All, you know, you're not conscious most of the time. You're just going through the mundane things. But right now you might be conscious. How many of you are conscious in hearing the word? Okay. You might have just lied, okay? I'm just teasing people, okay? I'm not going to blame it on the Methodists anymore because I said, hey, y'all must be a bunch of Methodists. And, and Mark Boatwright, Mark Boatwright, well, I was Methodist pastor. I'm sorry, Mark. You went to a good Methodist church, okay? Maybe we're just a dummy down Pentecostal church. No way, Right? Hey, listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying, get conscious right now about where you're at in Jesus Christ and what he's doing in your life. Telling Brad this morning and, and, and Harold and different ones, when we came in here in 2004 and we started building this building, I was 54 years old. Wow. And I mean, just in a twinkling of an eye, man. I'm 64 now plus. A lot of pluses. Plus, 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 plus. But, but my, my, here's my point. Here, we, we, we think we got a lot of time, and we don't have a lot of time. Because what it is is right now. And he says, in which you formerly walked, after you was saved, walk in the course of God. Because the Bible says, at one time we walked in the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, who is Satan, and the spirit, Antichrist, is now working with the sons of disobedience. And Satan is their guidance. Can you bring up verse 3 real quick? Watch this. I like this. Among them, we too, all formally, that means that was yesterday, lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of our flesh and, and of the mind, and were by nature children of of wrath even as the rest bring up four five and six here we go but god everybody say but god being rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us even when we were dead in our transgressions made us alive 
together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. I like this one. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow, you can't ask for no more than that. Now what the law could not do, Jesus did. What the law could not do, God did sending his son in the form of a man and he went to the cross. The law could not deliver you from your transgression. All it could do was judge you. How many of you know that? But by grace we have been saved and through that when we came to know him as our personal savior, listen to what happened. The grace of God came into our life. The spirit of the Lord came into our life. And then he baptized us with his Holy Spirit. And listen to what he said we could do. Now we can walk exactly like his son walked when he was on this earth. We're on this earth and we get to walk exactly like Jesus walked when he was here. And there was nothing impossible for him then, and there's nothing impossible for him now. And if that's the case, then there's nothing impossible for us. It's just there. But we have to understand that we have to be able to know that's who we are in Christ. I'm seated with him. I'm about to, I'm about to finish this. But in, in, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, if then you have been risen with Christ, set your minds on things above and not on things below or earthly things. I like verse 3 because it says this, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. All God wants to do today is restore. He wants to save, He wants to restore, and He wants to baptize. That's what He wants. That's what He wants from you, and that's what He wants from me. Let's stand. God is, is God, and, and he, he's wonderful. Now, Doris, you can come to the piano, and Harold, you can come up here. Okay, thank you. I, I Listen, any, anybody went through a hard week last week? If you have, raise your hand. Yeah, I did. I went through a hard two weeks, and, and understand this. It, the enemy would like to shut my mouth so that I wouldn't preach. He'd like to shut your mouth so you don't preach. If it was possible for him to do it, he'd kill you. But he can't because God won't allow it. Listen to me. You're going to die, and I'm going to die if Jesus doesn't come. But why not walk in power? Why not walk in grace? Why not walk in the strength of the Lord? And you decide, instead of letting the devil decide, what your life's going to be all about, what my life's going to be all about. I'm not saying that you're going to walk perfect, but I will tell you this. If you're saved and born again, you are perfect. You say, no, I'm not. In this flesh, you're never going to be perfect. It's just not going to happen, people. Your flesh is not going to happen. It, it, this, this flesh is an enmity with God. The Bible teaches us that. And we know, we know what, we, we, we know that the Bible says in 1 John that our faith overcomes the world. This flesh, it's going to give you a hard time. 
Let me tell you something about the flesh. It don't want to die. You know why it doesn't want to die? Because it's going to decay. This old flesh don't want to die. And, you, and, and the devil don't want your flesh to die. I mean, he does want your flesh to die, but he wants to come against your flesh because he loves hurting people. But this old flesh is just a box. I live in a box. You live in a box. And then go put this box in a box. Some people get cremated and just get burned up. Don't have to, in a little urn. Okay? They're either going to put you in a box or an urn. Okay? One or the other. But you're going to go. But how about when the Spirit of God and your spirit is released? Do you understand that's the most blessed time that God's ever given to us? To die is a blessing. It's a blessing to die in the spirit. And it's a blessing to die in the natural. Don't go committing suicide. Because you've got a work to finish. You've got a work to finish. Every person here has a work to finish. You've been listening to Sundays with Hosanna Fellowship bringing God's word, his power, and authority to our community and the world. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please consider sharing with others and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ to the world.